You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. So with either online lessons, in-person lessons, golf schools, emails, you know, YouTube comments, Instagram comments, there's probably not a trend out there that we don't get to see firsthand golfers trying to incorporate into their own swings. Uh, some trends are good for their swings. Some trends are really bad for their swings. And, you know, no, no trend, no, no swing element, we'll call it, becomes a trend with the intent of hurting, but these trends morph into things that get way overdone and just become damaging to the golf swings. So let's talk about a few swing trends that we see that you really should be careful about trying to apply to your golf swing. Well, let me think about that <laughs> one. We've seen quite a few. I think the number one over the last couple of years is everybody has this complete obsession with getting open. And right. to the point where – they take the club up to the top of the swing. They start cranking their body wide open. They take their hands out toward the target line, right, in this kind of like steep hand path, all in the name of getting open. And you see them rehearsing all these swings where they're wide, cranked wide open at impact, like 90 degrees with their hips, right, open. Yep. And then we get them on gears. And because of the fact that they're trying to get so open at impact, they come steep out of the top of the transition, and then they're totally squared impact. They're the least open golfers we capture. Yeah, and that's the number. I think that's probably the top trend I've seen over the last couple of years. I'll even back that on this one. I'll back that up one a little bit and say it's just turn in the swing in general because we see that same idea applied to the backswing. Yeah, hundred percent. We we had we've had guys come in, guys and gals come in that they got their hips sixty five degrees turned on the backswing. Well, we see more than that. It's like well, so and then. All in the name of, obviously, they want to try to get open at, at impact. The The problem with that is you've only got, you know, 0.2 seconds-ish right. from the top of the swing to impact. If your hips are 60, 70 degrees closed on the backswing and you're trying to get them, let's say, even say 40 degrees open on the downswing, you'd have to have uh, pelvis rotational velocity faster than Rory McIlroy. Yeah. You have to turn your head faster than Rory to get that open. Like Again, it goes back to you know viewing the golf swing as a menu. Like you, you just can't pick and choose the elements you want at any time in the swing you think they need to be there. So we see this all the time, right? Especially from older golfers who, who feel that that bigger wind-up, just untethered amount of backswing rotation means more distance on the downswing, right? Yeah. And – what we're all bound by is space and time in the golf swing, right? We set up to the ball. That's our space we have to operate in. And then we all have roughly one second to hit the ball. Uh-huh. Downswing, as you said, about 0.2 seconds. So you take a player who's, and this is a, 
an actual number for a player, 67 years old, came in. He was 67 degrees turned in his backswing. I remember that because it's rare that you see an age match the rotation. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so 67, 67 degrees closed, turned closed. And we're just talking about the pelvis uh, in the backswing. And he felt he should get 40 to 50 degrees open by impact. And that's what his goal was, right? So that's a hundred and what? Seven or 117, depending on which one of those he wanted. Yeah, you have to close that amount of space in 0.2 seconds. In so 0.2 seconds. So he was going to try to unwind 107 or 117 degrees. Uh, Rory, I think, does 85. And he's got the fastest hips that they've, yeah. they've ever collected. So yeah. 85, let's just grant 90. He's still way off. Right, so and most golfers don't do eighty-five. They're in that seventy to seventy-five degree range in the downswing. Mm-hmm. So you can't just go. You can't choose off that menu maximum backswing rotation, and then choose on that menu maximum open at impact. No. It doesn't work. So golfers, right? We've got brains. Uh, most of us do. And so, what do we start doing to try to hit that number on the downswing? You start cheating how early that comes out of the top, and then the arms start going out to the ball. And you get this hot mess of a golf swing for the sake of trying to get more open or recovering from that super wound up position in the backswing. I mean, to me, if you if if you're being taught by a teacher just, oh, get open, you just need to get open, it's like with with without measuring what you're currently doing. And not realizing that it's probably because of what they're doing in the backswing and the transition why they're not getting open. It's got nothing to do with physically. They're not they're they're not in their mind needing to think, oh, I gotta crank my body more at impact. <laughs> it's like, well the club gets into a spot where it makes sense for them to start to rotate to bring the club back out in front of them so that they can have the club face where it needs to be instead of just arbitrarily telling someone to crank their body open. It's funny. We get comments all the time. You guys are anti-rotation. You're, you you know, because we don't harp on being open and being open should be the byproduct of doing other Everything things. Else. Well, yeah. Like we're the ones that, that show legitimate measured improvements of rotation. Yeah. And we're the ones that talk, you know, and we're, and we're being accused of, you know, anti-rotation in the golf swing. That's not that at, at all. We show the improvements of downswing rotation, but it's never from the standpoint of get more rotation in the downswing. It's always the result of doing other things better. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we teach drills for, to get the, the sequencing correct and the mm-hmm. transition correct and moving the legs correctly and getting the club in a pretty good spot in the backswing so it goes into the top and out of the top a certain way. Then the body can start turning on some rotational speed. That's how you develop rotation in the golf swing. It's not from just standing there saying, trying to twist hey, more. man, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you should probably just try <laughs> to get more open, right? It just doesn't work. You're going to hit pulls, toe balls, every bad shot you can imagine if you're not in a good spot to do that, and you try to add that into your swing. Hey, now, here, here's the reason. And age, age is not one of these reasons. Golfers do not get more open because they will hit it worse. Like yeah. You have to have a reason to open up. I mean, I can think of the guy right now that came in. He'd been working on getting open with, like, the quintessential open teachers in the world right now, mm-hmm. right? He had mm-hmm. done the tour of the few guys that that's all they talk about, and he was squared impact. Yeah. He would hit it worse if he got open where the club was. So you're always going to yield to where that club is. Maybe on a driving range you can do it, or if you're hitting into a net you can do it because there's no consequence. But as soon as there's a shot value placed on where that ball goes – 
your body's going to respond. And in many cases, when the club's in a poor position, you ain't getting more open. No, because A, you might whiff it. Yeah, yeah. And B, it just feels so bad with the club in that spot. You won't do it during a golf, especially on the golf course. You get on the golf course, all bets are up because you've got to hit the shot. Rotation's a great thing in the golf swing. How you get it makes all the difference, and it should be more of a byproduct. Okay, so that's certainly, I would say, I would agree, that's like trend 1A for sure. Mm-hmm. What's another trend? You know, really bowing the wrist at the top of the swing. Starting to be a trend, right? Especially if you look at the top 10 players in the world, there's a lot of bowed wrist in that group now. Yeah, there is. And just to randomly teach somebody that, I haven't seen a whole lot of success with it. No, because it's not physically easy to do. I I get a lot of numbness and pain in my left elbow. I almost ruined my wrist years ago trying to do it. So, yeah, if it's not something that you naturally do, I think it's very, very difficult. We've we've actually had guys come in who, who said they've tried to do it for a while or have been taught to do it for a while that we're dealing with a lot of issues because of it. Yeah, and it's part of the issue is the club can tend to get really shut mm-hmm. unless you've got the rota- like the rotational ability in your body to keep that ball online with a face that shut, which most average golfers really don't have. It's going to be a tough spot to play from. Yeah, that's definitely a trend. I'd say another one that that we see cause probably as many issues as getting open because they're, they're so linked is, you know, trying to shallow the club and how you try to shallow the club, which a lot of goes back to the bowed wrist. That's why a lot of guys think they're shallowing the club. Yeah. And, and the, that whole shallowing thing where you start getting the club way across the line and dropping it way under plane and trying to get it shallow. You know, the problem with that is it becomes, well, what's too much. Right, all of a sudden it's more across the line and more underneath. Now it becomes unplayable, right? Right. So, you know, we look we look at it in terms of just lowering the club down to the plane. Anytime I see the club head dropping really fast and it's getting kind of dropping under where the hands are, to me that that's getting to the point where all right, you're laying the club down, but it's unplayable now. Right. You get drop kicks, blocks, and hooks. Maybe for some players, right, if you're constantly steep or slice and all that, on the way to that, you'll probably play pretty well because, right, you're going from one extreme to the other. So there's that, that middle, that middle grind. You just don't go from one extreme then the next day you're at the other extreme. There's a period of time where the extremes kind of are blended and you play pretty good golf feeling that super underneath. But then, you know, given enough time and if you practice, you're going to switch. The golf swing is always moving. So you're, you're always moving to and from different different places in the swing. Um, so that that one causes a lot of golfers grief, grief because they will play pretty good making that, especially if they're steep naturally anyway, going from steep to super under. But, man, once you hit that super under, and speaking from experience, it is zero fun. Yeah, and, again, we've got tons of videos. Just, you know, get the club and kind of lower the whole club down on the plane instead of feeling like the club head is really shallow and dropping way under. That, that's a great way to do it where you don't really start running into that issue where you get the club head way underneath the swing plane. And if you look at great players from pretty reasonable camera angles, none of them are laying the shaft down to parallel to the ground like you out see of people the top. Posing and it's just, yeah, it's more of a lowering of the arms and club, right? That, that should provide enough shallowing for you. And then there you can get on top of it coming into the ball because that, that feeling that you're talking about where that club drops out of the sky the last – you know, when it's roughly waist high, it's dropping you ain't getting on top of that. that point. No. And if you struggle, you know, with 
drop kicking like three woods off of off a fairway lie. Three woods a truth detector. It really is. If if you if you're having trouble with that, like I'm talking about, put it in a good spot in your stance. Get in a pretty tight fairway lie and try to hit me a nice like high shot or just a normal right. solid shot off of that lie. If you're guilty of kind of getting the club overly shallowed underneath, you're going to have a very difficult time with that shot. It, yeah, it's you got to do a lot of things right to hit a low lofted three wood off a tight line. Yeah, and it it really is um it's like a litmus test for your golf swing. Mm-hmm. I know years ago Faldo used to hit like drivers off a deck. That was his way to know if he was ready to play right solid golf if he was ripping drivers off a deck. But um, you know if you can give someone a three wood and let them try to do that, really good test for your swing. Yep, and I, I think another trend too is um, you know how golfers grip the club, and, you know super strong grips. Thinking you know the idea that I don't have to square the face anymore or. I don't have to, or it helps me rotate, like all those things. Any extreme That's is it. by and large going to be trouble. That's what you want to stay away from. Yeah, We're not saying you can't play like that because guys do, but if you're trying to build something or improve what you're doing, go to a little bit more of a neutral, less extreme, and you're going to have a lot easier time of making some good solid changes. Because We've seen our shares of slicers, right? And, you know, a lot of times they're going to have a really weak grip or a really palmed grip. So you, mm. you have a great term called a fake strong grip Yeah, where you can have all the knuckles you want to see, but if that club is in the palm, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the slicer, you know, once I give them a decent grip or once we put a decent grip on the club, it's a lot more about learning the wrist mechanics and it is just giving somebody a crazy strong grip. Cause a lot of times when you give them that crazy strong grip, they overcup the, the lead wrist anyway, and it doesn't really fix it. It's more about like a neutralist grip yeah. and then fixing the wrist mechanics and teaching them how to move the club face correctly that w- would fix it. So that that's another good one. And, you know, again, there's a lot of ways to play golf. But, you know, the more we do this, the more, like Mike said, you try to stay away from the extremes. I think that's the overriding thing with the trends. If if these trends that you're trying to do or you're seeing online are, are looking somewhat cartoonish good and Lord. extreme, right, probably an, a good idea to kind of, keep them at arm's length and there's 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 always going to be a professional example right you can point to and say see this works but you're looking past thousands of professional golfers if you want to use them as examples who do pretty much neutral bread and butter plain vanilla vanilla moves that produce win after win after win the thing i like about plain vanilla golf swings is like when they go off the rails i know what i know what like screw to turn to fix it right. I know what bolt to turn i know i know what to do to fix that swing if you've got some mishmash of crazy exaggerated moves where do you start right right if you've got something that's a little more plain vanilla i feel like okay it's easier to manage especially for a guy who doesn't have time to hit a million balls which most of us don't yeah and you know we'll throw this in at the end another trend we see that personally drives me crazy is the the matchup trend quote-unquote matchup trend. you can do anything you want as long as it's matched up if if you're making your living playing professional golf and you've done X move your whole career. It's important that you don't get help that ruins you making a living. So you have to have things that, you know, you don't want to cut Superman's cape off, but if you're a golfer trying to break 80 or trying to break par and you don't play for a living matchups don't mean a big deal, right? They're, they're not the most important thing. You're better off spending your time instead of, trying to find seven moves that match up to this one swing flaw 
is to get rid of the swing flow. Just cut the cancer out of the swing. That's we've said that a million times. You cut the major swing flow out of your swing, and a lot of times the other things will clean up. Because you're probably not going to have the ability to hit enough balls, the skill level, whatever you want to call it, to make that flaw work for you on a level like someone who plays golf for a living. Exactly. You don't get to hit 800 balls a day. Right. Yeah. None of us do. <laughs> that sounds brutal. <laughs> so, yeah, be careful of trends, right? Not all trends are bad. Not all trends are good for sure. Be careful of what you try because, uh, like we say all the time, you go down some rabbit holes, it will take you twice as long, sometimes three times as long to dig you out of those holes. So be careful what you go down. Yeah, and if you're uh, enjoying these podcasts, please share them with your golfing buddies. Uh, leave us a written review and a five-star, and that helps us find more golfers. We're trying to help as many golfers as we can.